All right. Um, if turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five. We've been in a series entitled "The Goodness of the Gospels," and I hope that you are just falling in love with the gospel, and even more that you're falling in love with Jesus, your best friend, your Savior, your Lord, through this series. Let's jump right in and starting in verse 1 in chapter 5, we have an interesting topic today. It says this, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart, and he broke the irons with his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he'd cry out, and he'd cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of figs, uh, figs, of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus to send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank in the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see and what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been there in dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him go, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. <coughs> On a little lighter note, I grew up um, not really liking this story, okay? This is a story that everyone remembers. If you grew up in church, which is typically about half this tent, I'm sure you remember this story. It's always fascinating to kids, right? Jesus, demons, and pigs. <clears throat> and the reason I didn't like it is a little embarrassing, so I'm asking you as I get vulnerable not to use this against me. My parents had these nicknames or kind of pet names for us children, and, and it's a great way to show endearment. You know, if you want someone to feel like they're a close friend, have a pet name, a nickname for them. So for my sisters, I had twin sisters that were younger than me, than me. One of my sisters was known to my parents as Our Little Princess. So they'd say, how is Our Little Princess? And, you know, as a two- or three-year-old, she'd just light up and spin around. And, you know, I, I remember them giving her a little, you know, plastic tiara to be like, this is for Our Little Princess. My other sister, they called the apple of our eye. 
the apple of our, yeah, very sweet, right? I mean, it's what Jesus, Jesus, uh, that what the Lord calls Israel, the apple of his eyes. <clears throat> to me, and you've got to understand, we grew up on a ranch in Texas. I was called affectionately the prized pig. If you come up to me after the service and call me the prized pig, I will not be happy. But it's one of the reasons I didn't really like the story because not only does one pig tragically die in this story, 2,000 pigs die in this story, but it dramatically and demonstrably shows the power of the demonic. And it's something that we've neglected in the church. So if you're with us the first time today, I'm sorry, this is not going to be a very seeker-sensitive message because today my title is Dealing with Demons. So welcome to church, Dealing with Demons. But I want to, I want to make sure we preach on all the things that are in this book that are going to help you live the abundant life. And what I found is far too many people suffer unduly because they're not exercising the power that Jesus has purchased for them on the cross. <clears throat> this, um, this week was a little unique. I wasn't here this past weekend. I heard my wife did an amazing job. Praise God. Uh, so thankful. So I leave town, say, you take care of the kids and the church. And I was in Washington, D.C. with my, my youngest, John Mark, and so we were ministering to, to church there, but we also had some time to see some sites. And so they said, hey, why don't you go out and see the different monuments? The best way to do it is on a bike, and, and actually one of those bikes, it's like pedal assist kind of motorized bicycle that you can rent from Uber. So first of all, it was really hard to actually find one. And then we kept finding ones that were locked up. They weren't unlocked. And so we finally find two that are unlocked and we take off. And it was crazy. Every road to get to the Capitol was blocked. Every road. And, and people kept stopping us. No, you can't go here. I'm like, I'm just trying to get. They're like, sorry, you have to go down here. And, and, and you know when you have enough experiences where you're like, okay, is, is, is this prophetic? Like, I know that every situation is not. But sometimes you're like, okay, God, are you, are you kind of tipping me off to something? And, and, and we finally, we, John Mark wanted to see the White House. So we're trying to get to the White House. And we get to, to where we're supposed to, to be. And we asked the guard, like, hey, where can we see the White House? Because it's right there. And he's like, no, it's impossible. You can't see it. It's just all covered up. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And then one of the guards goes, no, actually, you can. If you'll just take this, this route up and go, like, way around it, you can. So we get on our pedal assist bikes, and all of a sudden, we're outside of the parameters where you can actually ride them. So they stop. And then you're pedaling a, a 10 times heavier bike pedaling, you know, poor John Mark's 12. He's like, dad, I'm like, just press through, son. Uh, I'm going, what is it? What is going on? Like, God, are you, are you trying to tip us off to, to, because there's resistance and we can't get where we want to go. Like we feel like we're being resisted and we get to see the Capitol finally. Sorry, I've got like a little itch on the back of my throat. We get to the, to the back and we're coming down the road, and there's no bicycle lane, and the traffic's crazy, so we're having to be on the sidewalk. And as we go, all of a sudden, there is a man, and he is just cursing. I mean, he is, talking, he is just threatening to beat up, but who he's threatening to beat up is a wall. And he has something in his hand, and he's swinging it, and he is blocking. He is like going back and forth on the sidewalk. 
And so there is the, we're going, we want to get to the Lincoln Monument, right, which is all about setting people free. And there is a, a man, and, and, and he looks over, and I'm like, oh, he's demonized. And so what do you, you know, I'm just like, okay, Lord Jesus, let us just, and so right when he moves forward, I'm like, go, 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 we shoot past him. And I'm like, whew, we made it. Okay, that was weird. So we go, we, we, we see the Lincoln Monument, and we come back, and we're sitting at, at lunch, and just having this, we sit down, and all of a sudden, there's this guy and he's, that he works on the Senate floor, and he's talking about how he's helping uh, people. He's, he's like, I, I, I'm helping get refugees out, and, and I'm like, this is, this is cool. This is a theme, and all of a sudden, this guy walks up behind us, and you, you know when you feel someone's presence behind you, he walks up and looks down at me, and I look up, and he, go, and he starts mumbling at me, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. And I, and I look at him, and I go, I'm, I'm so sorry. I can't understand what you're saying. And he, he mumbles some more, and I, I really can't. And I, I look at the, the guy who's from the Senate, and I go, do you understand what he's saying? He's like, I, I don't understand. And the guy, all of a sudden, his eyes go huge, this guy that's talking to me. His eyes go huge. He goes from mumbling, and he looks straight at me. He goes, you know exactly what I'm saying to you. And I go, it's on. And I'm like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. What do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And here's what popped into my name. I go, what is your name? And he looks at me and goes, you don't need to know my name, and takes off. Jesus looks at the person with demons and says, what is your name? And I just thought, man, this is a, I looked at the scripture, and I said, that is the perfect introduction for my sermon this week that all those things happen. So I want to talk to you about dealing with demons because I, I want to tell you that Jesus has purchased your freedom. When he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, defeating the power of sin and death, he also defeated the power of demons. And our signature verse for this church is Luke four eighteen, where Jesus defines his ministry. And it says, he sent me out to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. And here is what I find when we start talking about these things, that more and more people come up and say, I'm so glad you were saying this because I've actually been struggling. I've been hearing voices, or I woke up and I had a heavy weight on my chest, or I've actually been physically afflicted, like uh, all of a sudden I started feeling like I was getting choked, or I felt like my room was haunted. People don't want to talk about these things, but when you start sharing, all of a sudden, more than, 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 than more often than not, Everyone has a story of some kind of encounter with a demon. And if it's not you personally, you've encountered someone on the street where you say certainly that was a demon. And here's the problem, church, is that in, in America, only 27% of people believe there's a real devil and that there's demons. And you think, well, that's just, of course, that's just Americans. No, in the church, the latest Barna research shows that only 40% of the church believes in a real devil. And so already the devil has us exactly where he wants us because if we don't know there's an enemy, then we don't set up a guard against him. And so I want to tell you today that the devil is alive and well on planet Earth, but you, church, have been given power over every demon. The Bible says this at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
So let's break down the scripture because I want to talk to you about how you can overcome the demonic in your life and around you. First of all, love, verse 1 and 2. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. What was Jesus going to the region of the Gerasenes for? Like Jesus had just had this amazing, amazing ministry session on the other side of the Sea of Galilee or on the other side of this lake, and now he gets on the boat to go on a ministry trip. And do you know he will only do one thing on this ministry trip? One thing and one thing only. He meets with a demon-possessed guy and sets him free. Do you know that's the kind of savior you have? He loves to step into your mess. You know, so many, they think, you know, Jesus would never do that for me. He'd do that for you. You're a pastor, he'd do that for you. You're a worship leader, he'd do that for you. You're a small group leader, maybe he'd do that for them because they're, they're a Sunday school class leader or they're a volunteer, but he wouldn't do it for me because I'm nothing special. Can I tell you, this guy had done nothing special for the kingdom of God. In fact, he was just a one-man haunted house. Well, I mean, someone could have monetized on this at Halloween time and sold tickets to his graveyard, right? This, this guy running around, breaking chains, man, this, this was scary. And Jesus does this. He gets on a boat because one person was suffering. Can I just tell you, that's how good your Savior is. That's how wonderful your Messiah is. That's how good Jesus is, that he comes to us when we're in the midst of our sin, when we're in the midst of our shame, when we're in the midst of our affliction, he comes to us. Can I tell you, he wants to come to you. He wants to come to you if you will let him. He wants to be there for you in the midst of your darkness. It says this, When Jesus got on the boat, a man with impure spirit came to meet him from the tombs. Now, this impure spirit, um, if you're walking with Jesus, you're going to meet people with impure spirits. Like, if you want to be with Jesus. Some of us, we're like, man, why was that person so mean to me? It's because you had the spirit of God living in you. Uh, Let me, let me, let me, let me, I asked the last service. Um, when you have the Spirit of God living in you, your life is just going to be messy. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. Who in this tent has people come up and ask them for money or ask them, like, you're on the street and people come up and ask you for things? Or you're just pumping your gas and people, would you raise your hand if that happens to you? Okay, that, I mean, that's two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of you. Do you know why that happens to you? It doesn't happen to everyone. Do you know why? Because... People can see if someone's hard. People can see if you're hard-hearted. But you know why it happens to, to, to most of you in here? It's because you have a yes on your face. It's because you have the kindness of Christ. And, and so what happens is messed up people come to you, right? They, 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 they will find you. They will, they will walk past 10 people. And you're probably like that. You're like, why me? You just walk past 10 people to get to me. Why? It's because Jesus is living in you. And and the needy always come to Jesus. They always come. Now, here's here's another one. Um, Do you ever have people just, all of a sudden, they just go off, and they're they're just mean, or they do something crazy, or they just cut you off, and you're like, I was just driving my little car. Does that ever happen to you? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're like, yeah, people just go off. 
because I spent a lot of my life with Stephanie and I, I'm with Kendall a lot, you wouldn't believe how many people that we, we don't even know and they just come up and go off, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll just, Steph will be pushing her little shopping cart around with the kids and people will just come up and light into her, right? And she's just the cutest little thing. But the devil doesn't like her. She's, I mean, if you heard her preach, she's scary, right? She's probably scares some of you. I I'll often have young men come up and be like, man, how do you marry a girl like that? She scares me. She's like, I, I wouldn't want to meet her in a dark alley. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. And the devil really doesn't like her. And so, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be with them. And, man, people just go, oh, if, if that happens, don't take it personally. It's because the enemy hates you. The enemy hates the light. The enemy hates the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, when you're opposed, take it as a compliment. I mean, there, there are people that just come after, after me, and they come after us, and, and, and they're, they're, they just are, are so harsh. And I'm like, you know what? That's a compliment. Because, because Jesus said that if they hated me, they're going to hate you as well. So, Christian, don't, don't get your feelings hurt. Don't be discouraged. It's because of Jesus living in you that people just come up and they go off. They did that to Jesus. And here's the next thing I see in this, in this scripture. It says, he came from the tombs. If, if you have your scripture open, underline that word tombs. Because this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to put you in the place of death. The devil came only to steal, kill, and destroy. No one would want to live among the tombs, right? You see people living on the streets. You're like, gosh, it's so rough. Who would want to live on the streets? But what's worse than that, living among the tombs? But do you know that's where the devil, why, why is this guy there? It's because that is what the devil wants to reduce all of our lives to. He wants to put you in the tombs. And you need to remember this because if you get a hold of this, it's gonna help you walk free from sin. It's gonna help you walk free from temptation because you know why the majority of demons are in people? Because they've invited them in. Let me just say that again. The main reason that demons live in people is because they have invited them in. So let me give you an example, pornography. Pornography is a great way to get your life infested by demons. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, okay? You don't want your life infested by demons. But anytime you walk into purposeful sin, anytime you make a choice of volition to actually engage in sin, you open the door because the devil is the author of sin. You are opening the door into your soul for demons to traffic in and into your mind for demons to traffic in. The author of pornography is the devil. And so you are opening up the door. So here's what you have to do. You have to be wise and understand the end goal of the enemy, who's the author of pornography, who's trying to draw me into that, is to relegate me to living among tombs and being chained hand and foot. This man is a perfect picture of what the enemy's trying to do to all of us. And so you've got to know that. And so you have to play this out in your mind and go, okay, if I open my computer or my phone or whatever to pornography, it might feel pleasurable for a moment. But what happens next is it starts opening up my mind to demons. It starts 
actually starts frying into my brain. It's going to be harder to concentrate. I am going to not do as good a job in my job. This is going to affect, this is going to break down trust with me and my spouse or me and my, 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 my girlfriend or my, my boyfriend. This is going to start eroding trust. This is actually a generational sin that is going to trickle into my children. If I take on pornography, it's going to actually open the doors for them to start beholding this. If that starts happening, I'm going to become addicted. If I become addicted, I'm going to, I might be looking at this at work. Then I might get fired. Then I won't have a job. Then I, all of a sudden I lose my home. This is going to break down my marriage. My, my marriage is going to end up in divorce. you got to play this out to get to the end, and then you realize, okay, probably not worth that momentary pleasure. Play out your sin. Understand the end result of every sin is to put you in the tomb. Do the same with drugs. Okay, this might be a momentary pleasure, but I take this drug, it's actually a gateway for the demonic. I can't tell you how how many demons we've kicked out of people because of drug use. Okay, so I take this. It's a gateway to the demonic. Then I get addicted. Then I lose control of my life. It breaks down my marriage. It'll destroy my family. In the end, all of a sudden, I'm an addict. I'm out of control. I'll lose my job. You just got to play it over. Okay, I want to commit adultery. No, you know, that might be, that might be pleasurable for the moment, but what's going to happen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel so sick afterwards, and then it's going to break my wife's heart, and then it's going to open the door for my children to do that, and all of a sudden people are going to fight, and it's going to destroy, it's going to destroy all my friends around me and my church, and you got to play out your sin in your head. And when you do that, it helps set you free, right? you gotta, you got to beat the enemy at his own game, folks. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Let me just explain to you that demonic power is real. You don't want to mess with things that have demonic power. They will chain you. They will beat you. It, it is like riding that bike and you just can't get to where you're wanting to go. You can't get it. It slows out. It gets heavy. That is what it's like to have demons in your life. That is why we want to steer clear from anything that opens the doors for demons to traffic in us. So let me give you a few more. And I do this as, as a loving father who wants to keep children free from getting Attacked. One of the main things my dad taught me growing up on a ranch, he'd, he'd always say, watch out for snakes, watch out for snakes. And then dad would walk first looking for snakes. And I can't tell you how many rattlesnakes we avoided because of that. So let me just talk to you about some of the ways that demons get into our life. Dark spirituality. Do not mess with dark spirituality. First of all, let me just tell you the most obvious. Don't watch horror movies, okay? Uh, we're coming up to October. Man, I'm just trying to... Trying to, trying to do a godly thing and watch professional football. And, and they, the, the enemy keeps putting horror movies, right? I just, I've seen more commercials. Do not watch those. Okay, why? Because who is the author of horror? That was very clear. Thank you. for No, the devil is the author. He is the author of death. He is the author of torture. He is the author of destruction. He is the author of fear. You're like, well, I, I like to get scared. Uh, you, you know why you, you want to have this, this, this scare, this fear? It's because you're supposed to be in the presence of the fear of the Lord. 
So there is, and and you're like, well, what is that? Let let me explain to you. We were in South Africa one time, and and, and there was this massive white lion. And and we walked up, and we could see the most beautiful white lion. And you could walk up, and you just heard him purring, and it actually put fear in your body. And and you were like, ooh, that's scary. Ooh, but I want more. Ooh. You need to be near the lion of the tribe of Judah. And if you get close, to, close enough to him, you will actually have a healthy fear. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where the presence of God fell so strongly that you don't even want to move. But it's not that you're fearful of being destroyed. You're fearful of his awe and his presence and his majesty and his glory. Beloved, that's what you want to fear. But you don't want to fear evil. I I can't tell you how many times in in deliverance we've had to help people get free from demons that came in through horror movies, spirits of affliction, fear. People can't even be in the dark anymore. Stay clear from those things because when you're watching those things, it's glorifying the evil and you're opening up your mind and your heart to demons. Stay away from Ouija boards. Stay away from tarot cards. Stay away from horoscopes. All of these, they're, they're actually real. You know, ah, it's just a game. Ah, it's just a game until we're sitting with you and having to cast out the demons, until, until they're actually choking you, until you're afflicted in your mind. So many people, they're engaged in darkness, and they don't know why they're afflicted. It's because we opened up the door. Okay? So just, there's two sources. There's light, and there's darkness. Just take in the light. And let me tell you, all light comes from Jesus. All light comes from Jesus. If it doesn't have Jesus' name on it, you don't need it. Just take in that light. Because you see what it says next. It says, night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with the stones. Why, why is this demon conversation so important? It's because the enemy is actually trying to destroy you. He wants to hurt you. Why is this guy crying out? Because he was afflicted. And he was actually cutting himself. Now let me just tell you, if you're struggling with cutting yourself, if you're struggling with hurting yourself, self-mutilation, let me tell you, you can be free. You can be, I've never met someone that wanted to be free that didn't come to Jesus and keep their eyes on them that didn't get free. There is freedom for, me, for you. There is freedom. And there is no condemnation in this house. There is no, and, and, and now, let me, just, let me just say something, because here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that if you're struggling, that there's not physical things that could be challenging, or that there's not emotional things. Like, we're all about counseling here. So we, will, we send people to counselors all the time. We do pastoral counseling, then we send people to counselors. Here's what I'm not saying. I, I, I'm not saying that there's not times for, for good prescriptions, that really help people. Like if you broke your arm, we'd pray for it, but if it didn't get healed, we're sending you to the doctor to get surgery and to get a cast put on, okay? So man, there's times when our biochemistry goes awry and we need a good prescription to be the cast to help us get whole, okay? So man, we are all about that, but what I also know is tons of times people are just trying to medicate demons out of their lives. And no medicine defeats a demon, only the name of Jesus, only the blood of Jesus shed on the cross. And so we have to deal with the demons. Great testimony. James has shared with me of a woman who was, who was just 
really dealing with, with cutting themselves, and someone had a word for them, and, and it, it broke it open. It set them free. She got delivered from the demonic, and all of a sudden, she was helping minister to other people, and she shared this testimony yesterday. I want to tell you, God wants to set you free. And, and, and in this place, these kind of testimonies are common. They're happening all the time. The Lord wants to set you free. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. Why did he do that? Because I've been telling you there's two sources of power. There's God and there's the enemy. But can I tell you that they're not two equal sources of power? They don't even compare. Can I just tell you, the demons are freaked out about Jesus. Some of you, you're hearing, this is the first message you've ever heard about demons, and you're freaking out right now. But can I tell you that the demons, don't worry, because the demons are freaking out a lot more right now than you are, because they're so afraid of Jesus, because no demon can stand up to Jesus. No demon can stand in his presence, and so they were freaking out. There's at least 1,000, probably 2,000, because there's 2,000 pigs they go into. And they, one Jesus, 2,000 demons, and they're freaking out. Right? That's, that's a good odd. You plus Jesus is always a good odd. That's always good odds. 2,000 demons are freaking out. So what does Jesus say? Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. So I'm in Washington, D.C., you know, and God's putting us on this theme. <coughs> I'm doing this um, Holy Spirit ministry time. They had asked me to come and teach about the person of the Holy Spirit and then pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I never know what God's going to do. I always just want to follow him. I don't do the ministry time the same each time. So I, I sit and wait on God after I teach. God, what do you want to do? And the Spirit immediately speaks to my mind. There are many people here that are dealing with mental affliction. So I'm in a room of about 40 people in the training school. I said, hey, if you've just been in a battle, like a, a crazy battle for your mind, you've just felt afflicted, would you raise your hand? Over half the room raises their hand. So I have them stand up. I say this, here's what I want you to know. What, what I want you to know. Jesus is more powerful than what's afflicting you. So let me just tell you, because as I, I talk to this, this group, I know that many of you are going through a mental affliction. Jesus is more powerful. The Bible actually says that you have the mind of Christ. The Bible says don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me tell you, you can have a mind of peace. But the only way is through Jesus. And so I had these people lay hands on their head. And I said, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to command any spirit that's afflicting you to leave. And I want you to name that spirit because Jesus said, what is your name to this spirit? Oftentimes, you see when Jesus is dealing with the demonic, he actually calls them by name. So I said, if you've been dealing with suicidal thoughts, I want you to tell a suicidal demon to leave your mind right now. I said, if you've been dealing with severe anxiety, I want you to tell a spirit of anxiety to leave your mind right now. If you've been dealing with extreme fear, I want you to tell a spirit of fear. And they started doing this. I said, I want you to pray it out loud. I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, spirit of fear, you have to leave me right now. They started doing that. And all over the room, people just start crying. 
Others started doubling over because the power of God was coming on them. I want to tell you that Jesus has power over afflicting spirits. And if you've been afflicted, we want to pray for you today. That's why we have Freedom Day. If you didn't get to go to Freedom Day yesterday, we've had about 800 of the adults of this church go through that uh, Freedom Day since we started it several years ago. There will be another one in May. That's why we have a Freedom Team to pray for you. That's why we have prayer partners down in front at the end of every service because we don't want you to live in your affliction. Because Jesus said, I came to set the oppressed free. I love what the book of Acts says. The book of Acts says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all, say all, church, all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Who is all? Every one of you. Because some of you today are saying, you know, that's good for you, that's good for this person, but it's not for me. You have to decide, am I going to believe my own thoughts or am I going to believe this book? I decided years ago to bank my life on this book, and it's worked out pretty well. I encourage you to do the same thing. Jesus can deliver everyone of their demons. So let's start coming to the end of this. It says, then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Can I just tell you, it's not always going to be popular everyone doesn't love it when people get free. You start talking about demons, it's not the most popular thing. You know, I actually don't hear many messages about demons in seeker-sensitive churches. Uh, it's not the, the favorite message. And, and sometimes when Jesus starts moving, it makes people uncomfortable. So what happens? Jesus frees this guy. Some people come and listen to him, and a lot of people say, would you leave? We actually want you to go. Don't be that kind of person. Don't be that kind of person when Jesus starts moving supernaturally, when Jesus starts moving in ways you don't understand that you say that's enough. Can you just say, Jesus, I want everything you have, even, even if it doesn't make sense to me, right? Sometimes Jesus is out of your mind, right? But embrace what he has. Embrace what he wants. So let's, let's finish with just several practicals real quick. So how, here's some practicals for dealing with the demonic practicals for dealing with the demonic. Because here's what I know. Some of you are like me. You've really had to deal with the demonic. For, for me, I would go in, I'll go into different cities. I'm, I'm often traveling. And man, I will get afflicted. I'll go into a place and, and I'll, I'll start seeing things. Or, or in, in oftentimes when, when we'd go to sleep, I would wake up and I would sense or feel or even see a demon in the room. And I'd wake up and I'm throwing punches and I'm screaming. And I remember Steph finally going, Robert, I'm done. You got to deal with this. I'm like, I promise. I'm not like wanting this, Steph. She's like, you got to deal with this. And, and, and I, got, I got this prayer. It takes about five minutes to pray. I pray it every single night. When I'm going to bed, it, it's, I'm, I always feel bad when I'm traveling and someone's rooming with me because I'm like, okay, they're like, okay, good night, let's go to bed. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I bring the cross, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus and the blood of Jesus against every ruler, authority, power, spiritual force of darkness and demon that would come against us. I bring it against every sorcery, voodoo, black magic, witchcraft. I, and I just go against every single, it takes me five minutes. People go like, wow, you, you really said a nighttime prayer, right? It's, you know, they were like, I just prayed. Now I lay myself to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. No. 
But can I tell you, the demons aren't coming anymore. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has power. Uh, Church, here's the first thing to do when you start being afflicted. Say the name of Jesus. Say Jesus, church. So when a spirit of fear comes, what do you say? When you start dealing with crazy anxiety, what do you say? Okay, some of you aren't saying this right now. If you can't say Jesus in church, you're probably not going to say it in your bedroom. You're probably not going to say it in a hotel room. You're probably not going to say it when you're walking down the street. Guys, when something starts afflicting your mind, say, it is the most powerful name, right? When you have that crazy thought, I should take my life, what should you say? Okay, when you all of a sudden are thinking, you know, I kind of, that sin looks good, what should you say? Say the name of Jesus. There is no more powerful name in heaven and in earth and under the earth than Jesus. Use the name of Jesus, and you start becoming a demon scarer. I don't want to be scared by demons anymore. I want to scare them. I want demons to go like, uh-oh, Robert just showed up. Like, that's right. I'm your haunted house. Use the name of Jesus. Use the word of God. Use the word of God. When the devil, <laughs> you know, some of you are like, man, I'm afflicted. This is really rough. Okay, try being Jesus. The devil actually showed up for him. Okay, when we say, hey, the devil's afflicting me, actually, you're probably not that important. I doubt it's the devil. It's probably some, like, junior, private, newly recruited demon. Like, 17-year-old, 17-and-a-half-year-old demon showed up. Well, it's the devil. No, the, Jesus had the devil show up, right? That's, that's a rough day. And you know what? He overcame him. And how did he overcome it? This is interesting. Jesus didn't just say, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan. Say the name of Jesus. But Jesus didn't just say, in the name of me, leave. Jesus used the word of God. So use the word of God. Sometimes people will, will come up and say, you have so much scripture in your head. How, how, how did you do that? that? And I'll say, you know why? It's because I was attacked in my head so much. I, was, I, I needed it so bad. So when fear came, I had, to, I had to memorize, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And I speak that over and over again. And so when anxiety started attacking me, I started quoting, do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, submit your request to God, and the peace that transcends all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Right, and so when condemnation started coming after me, I said, "There is no, con- there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the small, the law, the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death." Do you have your fighting scriptures? Ephesians six talks about when the battle comes. Use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Right. Get that word of God. Get it into you. And, and so here's the amazing thing. You start getting attacked. You start memorizing the word of God. All of a sudden, the word of God becomes a part of you. Like the word of God, which is living and active, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It starts living inside of you. And you know what happens? Sometimes I'll just be sitting, sitting there, and, and where I used to just be sitting, and all of a sudden I'd have these crazy sexual thoughts or all these crazy violent thoughts. You know, the more I've memorized the word of God, the more I'm just sitting there, and my mind all of a sudden is reciting scripture. And you're like, oh, you're so holy. No, I'm not so holy. I'm so helpless. 
I'm so helpless that I couldn't make it on my own, so I had to memorize scripture, and now I'm becoming more like Jesus. And his word is living in me. And when his word lives in you, you don't have depression and despair and doubt all the time. Instead, you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Now, I'm not saying I don't struggle, but what I'm saying is I'm not okay with just living in a struggle. And so I memorize the word of God, and I use the word of God, and I pray the word of God, and I speak the word of God. Folks, use the tools that God has given us. It's not legalistic to sit and memorize scriptures. No, I I mean, most of the time I'm not like, okay, today, now that I've done this, now I will sit and memorize the scripture. No, it's usually because I'm just desperate. I'm like, "Ah, I'm being attacked. I need a sword or a throwing star or a sidearm or something. God, give me a... And that's what this is all about, right? You need your concealed carry every day. I hope people were just watching that right there instead of just listening to the podcast. Lastly, get help from the church. Get help from the church. You're, uh, you're not made to make it alone. If you, listen, if you ever just say, I, I, I just feel like I need to draw away, I'm going to pull away, know that that's the enemy. You know, I, I, I'm just going to... No one under, here's a thought from the enemy. Here's a lie. No one understands me. Can I, can I actually tell you that, that there's no temptation that you're getting that's not common to man? That's what Scripture says. So when you're like, no one understands me, that's actually a thought from the enemy. I'm just going to go off. No one understands me. No one cares about me here. No, that's not from God. That's from the devil, and you start taking that, yeah, so I'm just going to isolate myself. I'm just going to go and see if someone calls me. No, that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do, right? I always say this, but you've watched Animal Planet. What, what is the little antelope that gets taken out? It's the one that walks off by themselves. Oh, I'm going to leave the herd. I know better. I'm going to go to the watering hole by myself. <laughs> they get eaten. Every time. Come on, antelope, wake up. Stay with the herd. Okay, you got to stay with the herd. So here's my question for you. Who are your your two friends that you can call, right, when you start struggling, when you start getting attacked? I mean, that's how how we are. That's how our team is. Man, we're we're always always texting each other, hey, I'm struggling right now. I mean, I got two of those texts this week from our pastors. You're like, oh, pastors, they don't do it. No, no. The only difference is pastors actually know, I got to reach out because I can't do this by myself. So two, two texts this week. Hey, I'm really struggling. I'm really fighting this week. Who's your fight club? Who is your fight club? You need a fight club. And, and why do I say two instead of one? Well, I, you know, I have my, my soulmate. No, it can't just be one soulmate because sometimes they're down the same time we are. But really harder for three people to be down at the same time. Right? Quarter three strands is not easily broken. You need at least two. Man, I'd encourage you to have four or five. But it, do you, who are your two friends that fight the good fight of faith with you? And then sometimes it's time to have a heavy hitter come in and help you. Right? You're, you're struggling so, so much. That's when you need a specialist. Right? Your, your car starts breaking down. You don't just go over to your best friend's house and, and say, hey, I think the computer system just went out in my car. They'd say, like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I could turn on the radio for you. 
No, you actually need a heavy. You ask when you take your car into the shop. Right? That's why we have a freedom team here. That's why we have pastors here. That's why you have a life group leader. That's why there are just times. Don't let yourself just beat up. Go. I, I remember there was a group of guys, like almost a gang, that came to beat me up at high school. Right? And they were about to beat me up, and this one big, big football player, he extended his arms, and he just pushed them all out of the way. Sometimes you need a bigger, stronger person in the spirit to push your demons out of the way. So if you've been struggling, please come down front. Did I, the last service was packed with people coming down front because they've been battling. You got it, but you got to humble yourself. You got to say, I have need, right? The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty right hand of God, and then he'll lift you up, okay? Here's the last thing I want to tell you. The power of a testimony says, the, the guy actually said, hey, Jesus, can I go with you? Like, things are really good for me when you show up, Jesus, Man, I'm not, no, not in my chains, I'm not in my tombs, I'm in my right mind, you put me in my right man. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Folks, when God sets you free, never stop talking about it. If he set you free from something, please, please talk about it. That, that, that is something I'd encourage you to go home and post about. Right? That, that is something I'd go and encourage. Let's have holy gossip going on. And, and how about other people? Did you hear about that girl? No, what happened? She got free. Did you hear about that guy? He's walking in freedom. Let's let the holy gossip go, and you share your story. Man, I, I've had people tell me when I shared the gospel with them, I don't believe that. But you know what I've never had is when I told someone my story, I've never heard someone go, uh-uh, that didn't happen to you. I have never had one person say that didn't happen to you. Share your story. Share your testimony. It'll draw people to Jesus, and it will give them faith for them to be free. Let's stand up.